Hi everybody! We had some problem with our live streaming software this week, so I'm recording my sermon again on Tuesday morning. Hope you're having a great week. A reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In the late 1800s, archaeologists in Turkey discovered an ancient inscription carved into stone. It announced the birth of one who brought salvation into the world, the, the birth of a God, a Savior, whose coming was good news. Here's what it said. It said, all the cities unanimously adopt the birthday of the Divine One as the new beginning of the year. God, who has sent us and our descendants a Savior, has put an end to war and set all things in order. Having become God-manifest, he has fulfilled all the hopes of earlier times. The birthday of this God has been for the whole world the beginning of good news concerning him. These words sound familiar, don't they? A Savior. God manifests the fulfillment of all hopes. We know who these words are talking about, don't we? That's right. Our Lord and Savior, Emperor Caesar Augustus. See, this inscription was actually carved in the year 9 BC to commemorate the birth of Augustus. He was commonly referred to as the Son of God and acknowledged as Savior. Rome declared that his coming brought the arrival of a new kingdom and an end to war, salvation itself. The, the birth of this Savior and the good news it meant for all people was proclaimed throughout the whole world. Using the words that we translate today as gospel and good tidings. In the first century, the official religion of Rome was worshiping the emperor. Each emperor was seen as divinely ordained, sometimes, sometimes even considered to be a god. Everybody was expected to worship and adore him. People were told to have faith in their Lord Emperor, the Son of God. And that title was a religious claim, but also a political one, because people were told the emperor, the emperor, nobody else, the emperor was the source of all goodness, peace, stability. 
So this ancient inscription reads, The beginning of the good news concerning Emperor Augustus, the Son of God. And this morning we heard how the Gospel of Mark starts with the words, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. They're identical. And that's not an accident or a coincidence. The author of Mark is telling us right from the beginning, the introduction, verse 1, Rome has proclaimed what it says is good news. But I'm telling you that the coming of Jesus is the real good news. I'm going to tell you the story of the good news of Jesus, and then you can decide for yourself which is really good. If you know any Greek mythology, you might have heard about these characters called the Sirens. They were dangerous creatures who lived on an island who used their enchanted voices to lure sailors in where they would shipwreck on the rocks. Now when Odysseus, I know I'm nerding out here, but stay with me. When Odysseus, who was a hero, had to sail close to the island, he came up with a plan. He ordered his crew to tie him to the mast of the ship so that he wouldn't be tempted to steer it towards the island and into the rocks. And then he made everyone else on the crew put wax in their ears so they couldn't hear the song. And it worked. They plugged their ears and they sailed past and eventually Odysseus made it home. But later, later another hero had to sail by the island, a guy named Jason And he came up with a different plan. There was a man in his crew named Orpheus who had a a beautiful voice and was a talented musician. And as they sailed by the sirens, Jason told Orpheus that his job was to play a better song. A song that was more beautiful, more moving, more captivating than anything the sirens could come up with. His job was to sing a better song. And it worked. There's so much we can't do in this world. But what we can do, what we have to offer this world as followers of Jesus, is a better song. What we can do with our lives, with our words, our actions, what we can do is tell the story of Jesus. In all of its radiance and glory. With all its mercy and grace and hope, we can bear witness to a light that is so pure, a Savior who is so loving, a salvation which is so all-encompassing, a God who brings such healing and transformation that people hear this story. They see this story and are drawn to Jesus in the same way that we have been. That's what the author of Mark is trying to do right from the beginning. He's singing a better song, telling a better story. You've heard the good news according to Rome, he says. You see what they have to offer. You've experienced it. A cycle of violence that never ends. The strong oppressing the weak force used to conquer a a social hierarchy that keeps some people down and leaves others behind, power 
that is used only to look out for oneself. Domination and control. So let me tell you another story, Mark says, about one who really does bring a different kingdom, who really does fulfill all the hopes of earlier times, who has come to set all things in order, who causes the wars to cease, who is truly a savior for all people. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And according to Mark, this good news begins with a man named John preaching in the wilderness, telling people to repent. Which is kind of funny because I don't think many of us hear the word repentance and think like, oh, sweet, this is going to be awesome. (laughs) Repentance is a word we use a lot in church, and for many of us it carries a lot of negative connotations, feelings of guilt, shame, This idea that when we mess up or do something wrong, we better repent and feel really sorry or else God's going to be mad and then there will be consequences. But when it comes to repentance, we have a better song to sing. This word repentance comes from a Greek word that means to change your mind. And not in a surface way like I was going to have pizza for lunch, but I changed my mind and I'm going to have a sandwich instead. It refers to a deeper change. The kind that doesn't just change your mind, but also your your heart. The way you see things. Your actions. My pastor used to say that repentance is realizing that you're marching in the wrong direction. Stopping. Turning and then marching in the right direction. He was in the Marines, so I think he just maybe got really excited about marching in general. Repentance is about so much more than just feeling guilty or trying to avoid punishment. Repentance is good news because it's the first step that leads to healing and restoration and reconciliation. I mean, think about it. If If you do something that hurts your spouse, you repent, which means that you change, that you ask forgiveness and change. And through that repentance, your relationship is mended and healed and and put back together. When we realize that we're part of a system that is holding people down or perpetuating inequality, we repent, which means we change. And we do what is necessary to make things right. And through that repentance, justice flows into the world. People are lifted up. There's there's healing. When we speak words that do harm, that demean and divide, we repent, which means we change. And that allows what was broken to be restored and people who are estranged to be reconciled. Do you see? Repentance is good news because it leads to all the things God wants for this world. Things that are good for us. Things that allow us and other people and this whole world to flourish. 
Repentance is the first step that allows what is broken to be restored. Torn relationships to be mended. Hurt to be repaired. What's divided to be made whole. That's the goal of repentance, healing, restoration, reconciliation, peace. In fact, that's what the whole good news of Jesus is all about. It's why he was born into this world, to bring healing, restoration, reconciliation, peace, grace, forgiveness, life. One of my favorite theologians, a woman named Debbie Thomas, says that our understandings of sin assume that it's a problem primarily because of God's anger. But God's temper is not what's at stake. Sin is a problem because it hurts us. God knows how deeply sin distorts and damages our souls. God sees what sin does to people suffering on the margins. God sees what it does to those who wield power. God sees what sin does to creation itself. Repentance is that first step towards healing what is broken. And when we turn to God with repentance, God promises to respond with forgiveness and grace and love. And if you think about it, what could be a stronger contrast to the culture of our day to the Rome that is all around us, what could be a stronger contrast than a willingness to honestly examine ourselves, to take responsibility for our actions, our mistakes, and our shortcomings, and then be willing to change in response, to admit that we're finite, fallible, and often faulty, to accept and even embrace that we don't know everything, and we're still works in progress. The good news of this age tells us to, to never admit we're wrong, to double down when we're challenged, to just always stick to our partisan positions, that apologizing is weakness, that we should just go ahead and plug our ears rather than openly listen to others in order to grow and learn, rather than looking inward for honest reflection. We've seen and experienced what that has to offer. We know where that has led us. Shipwrecked on the rocks as we listen to its siren song. Jesus offers a good news that begins with repentance and leads to the healing of this world to reconciliation and peace that rejects hierarchy and reaches out to all people down even to the darkest places of this world in order to bless the meek and poor, the grieving and the ostracized, those longing for equality and for justice. And God will accomplish this, not through an emperor, but through the birth of a tiny baby a fragile hope born into this world. God will accomplish it not through domination and control, but through freedom and grace. God will accomplish it through a cross, using a tool intended for violence and humiliation to instead show this world just how great the love of God truly is 
and how much it's willing to endure. God will accomplish it through an empty tomb, a victory declaring that one day a kingdom of everlasting peace and joy will be established. So I got to ask this morning, which do you think is actually good news? Which song do you think is better? And how can you help sing it? Amen.